called Different Voices, and basically it's people I like to listen to. And, um, and this next speaker uh, was the superintendent. Uh, he, he's been a superintendent in our denomination. He was for 14 years, and he was the superintendent that got me placed here. So if you have a problem with Oh, hey. Well, there you go. Wow. I thought that was going to go over terribly. So fantastic. Yeah, I, was, I thought they were just going to grab you and off you go. Uh, yeah. But, but more, more importantly than that, um, Steve Fitch has started, um, he, he did an outstanding job as superintendent. Our, our, our conference was uh, 10 times more healthy when he left than when he got here. And, um, but but uh, more importantly, he started a ministry during that time called Eden, and he will tell you about that. But I was at Starbucks. Huh, uh, I know, come to find out. And... Um, I looked at this little thing and it said, you know, if, if you donate this, we'll plant a tree. And they said they'd already planted 15 million trees, which sounds incredibly impressive until you meet Steve, who has planted 131 million trees around the globe. And, uh, and we've been a part of that. We, su we support his ministry. But that's not even the most important thing. The most important thing is that over my last 11 years of ministry, I have developed just a great friendship with this man. He is a man of God. He loves his wife. He loves his family. He loves the church of Jesus Christ. He's just a good man, and I'm glad to have you here. Would you come on up, and I'll pray for you. And he's also got chronic back pain, so this is a, this, yeah. be praying for him while he stands. That's tough. Do you want a stool? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Lord... I thank you for Steve. I thank you for his friendship. I thank you for all the work he has done for your kingdom. I thank you for um, his goal to bring shalom to your creation. And Lord, so I just pray for him now that you would um, uh, take away the pain in his back and just um, allow him to share what's on his heart and what's on your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. Ah. Uh, you're a good guy. Yeah, you're, you're all right. I'm, I'm all right. He's good. So, yeah. You know, my wife and I, my wife Claudette is down here, and um, yes, I do love my wife. Yes, I do. Great family. Three kids, uh, two grandkids. We were all together for the first time in three and a half years last week. Um, our youngest is a nuclear engineer with the United States Navy, and he's underwater in a submarine running a reactor on a fairly regular basis. So uh, he disappears, poof, uh, <laughs> the silent service. But um, it's a joy to be in a good family and a good family of God. And yes, I was the superintendent for 14 years. And I'll, I'll start here just real quick. Um, John and I joke a lot, but uh, he is a dear friend. And you can't believe the relief driving to Garden Grove 10 years after you've made this appointment and realize they're not going to have the second stoning of Stephen. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> Yay. And John, I, I am just so blessed, honestly. Just the physical plant, yeah, it's changed, but, um, and it's beautiful, but the people, the, the heart here, the, the warmth, this is a great church. You've done a, a marvelous job as shepherd 
under-shepherd of the flock. So thank you for not getting me stoned. Um, <clears throat> I do have a bad back, and uh, that motivates me to preach shorter sermons. <laughs> um, the United States Commission on uh, Human Humanitarian Treatment has decided that long sermons and being imprisoned by terrorists are pretty closely linked. <laughs> so we're going to try to keep this to a reasonable time. And John has already warned me that there's a chasm that opens <laughs> at like 25-ish minutes that begins to open and then the spirit disappears and, and then, okay, it gets scary in other words. But uh, let's, let's get to the point since that is the point. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about mission, first of all. Um, we're all on mission. You know, yes, we have identity, but out of our identity, we all have a unique mission, something that God has specifically called us to. But there's also a plethora of other submissions or integral parts of the mission. For instance, I am a husband, and the Word of God teaches me missionally how to be a good husband. I'm, I am a pastor, a superintendent. There's lots on that. I'm a man. I'm all kinds of stuff. But I'm also, uh, surprisingly, somebody who, like the rest of us, have been called to care for creation. That is actually a mission of everyone here this morning. And my job is to persuade you in the next 20 to 25 minutes that that's at least worth exploring further. So I just am going to list a couple of scriptures today because this, this subject is massive. And so you've got to choose to delve into it further if, you, if you're so inclined. But here's, here's where it really starts with Genesis chapter 2. And, and if you've heard me before, you've heard this text. But sometimes you have to hit and hit and hit and hit at a point until it gets in. And this is a first word from God to the Adam, to the human, on how they are to interact with creation. And it says real simply, the Lord God took the Adam, the man, and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of or steward it. And that, that word steward is an obvious application. You don't own this piece of real estate or you don't have full legal title to this, but you're still supposed to take care of it. The bottom line is, is that God says creation is mine and I'm entrusting it to you to take care of it. That is the foundational starting point for every human being on the planet from the Adam. Okay? I know that's philosophical and, and maybe challenging to absorb, but give it a shot. We'll see how you, you feel about that as, as you go along. So mission. We all have a mission, and there's a creation care mission. Everybody has a mission um, that's more specific than that. For instance, Jesus. What was, what was the mission of Christ? To come to the earth as God, live a human life, perfection, never sin, to suffer and to die for the salvation of all. Is that the mission of Christ? Yeah, that's the mission of Christ. And we, we get that. And he lived that. And he also was a good son. He, was, he related well. He, he did all the other submissions perfectly. But he had 
like every other human being on the planet, the, the challenge of mission shadow. What is mission shadow? I have a mission, but I also have a mission shadow. And the mission shadow is a mission that walks right alongside of me and pretends to be the real deal. But it's often terribly misguided, a little bit malignant and dark. And you know what Jesus' other mission was, his shadow mission was? Do you know what his shadow mission was? You can see it as you watch or, or read the text and you see all the times he was tempted. His shadow mission was to be the Savior without the suffering. Go ahead and turn the stones into, into bread. You can do it. Go ahead and jump off the apex of the temple. The angels will catch you. You know, you can, you can be great now, right? Hey, you came to be the ruler of, all the, of the entire universe. Satan says to Jesus, go ahead. Just worship me and you can, you can have that now. Be the Savior without the suffering. All of us need to know what our mission is. But we also need to recognize and identify what is our shadow mission. My mission, probably like most of many of you, my mission is to be a beloved son and servant of God. And then I have submissions. My shadow mission is to prove to everyone that I'm good enough. I suspect there's a few others in here like that. So, let's turn it back to creation care. Our mission is to care for creation. But we have this shadow mission where you can even use scripture. God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it, over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. There were some people who came along and said, okay, let's, that's Bible. Let's grab a piece of it. Take dominion. Rule over. Be the boss. We're going to be the boss. We're going to make creation work for us. But wait a minute. The full counsel of God, if you read all of it, modifies that, moderates that. Wouldn't you agree? We're supposed to be the stewards. And of course, that, that involves a degree of, of taking charge and being responsible and governance, if you will but not at its abuse and for our sole benefit. And this is the, the mission and the shadow mission that's been pushing back and forth and back and forth for literally thousands and thousands of years and has destroyed entire sections of the world today. But I want to go on record. I'm not here to give you a bad news sermon. Anybody glad about that? I'm not here to tell you or... You're, you're not doing right. I'm not here to scold you. I'm not here to do any of that stuff. Aren't you glad that this time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave? Yeah, there, there you go, John. <laughs> so here's where we go. Um, how do we deal with our shadow mission? How, how do we um, basically begin to align ourselves with the call of God in our lives and not get caught up in, in the the dark side, if you will. And here's where it starts. 
when it comes to creation care. Start with scripture. How many of you read your Bible? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand too terribly high. But how many of you read your Bible not looking for your verse, but looking for the Spirit's guidance? That's a hard one. You know, um, there's too many proof texts. Genesis 2.15 is a proof text. Genesis 1.28 is a proof text. I can take any kind of proof text and throw it at you and make you believe what I want you to believe, I suppose. Or you can read the entire counsel of God's word and come to understand the width and the breadth and the wisdom that's there. And that's what I'm asking you to do. Would you begin to, would you begin to read scripture with greener eyes? Does the word of God have anything to say about caring for creation? And what you're going to find is that the clicker doesn't work quite the way you want it to. There we go. Is that, um, I went way too fast. How'd that go? Ah, what you're going to find is the Bible's clear. The Bible basically says, if you will take care of creation, creation is going to take care of you. Stuff grows. People, by the way, John, I get this asked all the time. That's so amazing. You've grown over 130 million trees. That's incredible. How did you do that? And my response these days is, you know, you've you got to stop and think this through. Trees have actually been growing on their own for some time now. Um, it's, not, it's not so hard to grow trees. It's really hard to work with broken people with shadow missions that see the opportunity to get more at the expense of creation and eventual destruction of their own lives. Because the, the way the word of God is designed here is that if you take creation, care of creation, creation takes care of you. The part that we struggle with, and I can't wander too far off this, can I? Because this is Facebook, okay. The part that we struggle with in our culture is we're so far now from the earth. We don't put our hands in the dirt anymore like other cultures still have to. And that, that removes us from the worship songs that we sing that for, for generations, the hymns that would glorify God the creator and talk about rain and, and predictable weather patterns and things of that nature. We've, we've been pulled out of the farming community. We've been pulled out of the subsistence living. And we now get our water from taps and we get our groceries from stores. It's different. But God's design is still upon us. We need to learn how to take care of creation because there are consequences. Ultimately, when we abuse creation, this is very clear in Scripture as well. When we abuse creation... It suffers. And read Romans chapter 8. There's a text that says creation is crying out for redemption. Waiting for the sons and the daughters of God to be revealed. Come on, people of God, be revealed. Show up. Care for creation is kind of what it's saying there. And it goes on. Eventually, it turns into desert and it can't support life anymore at least in the short run. And that's what's happening all over the world. 
And again, I'm not here to give you a bad news sermon. It's about to turn real positive. But we've cut down over 50% of the world's forests since the end of World War II. And the world is suffering because of it. And here's the journey that I've been on with you to a degree. 12 years of discovery. First of all, I discovered that the earth is rather resilient. Do you like that? Yay for resilience. Okay, here we go. I want, to, I want you to look at these pictures. It doesn't quite fit on the screen, but this is where we started the Udu Escarpment, the Three Hills regions of Ethiopia. And you can see that that's awful. That's where we started. Got to point it this way. There's the Three Hills again during rainy season, so you see it's not any better. There's what's called uh, gorge erosion that at one point was just a little creek bed, but over the decades it, it's cut massive cliffs into the side. That is the same area after five years of reforestation work. There's the before, there's the after. You, you would agree with me that, that this is better, wouldn't you? Okay. Here's a little boy standing at the base of that gorge. This next picture is actually not the same little boy, but it's the exact same view um, in five years. So I, I've learned something that didn't take, yes, I have an earned doctorate, but I didn't learn this from PhD effort. Stuff grows. God, God is really good at making stuff grow. If, if you will cooperate with creation, and there's a specific way to cooperate, you'll see in just a few minutes, it takes off. In five years, you just get this incredible growth. Like, there's the mudflats in, in Majunga uh, Estuary. There it is literally just three years later. There it is literally six years later. Here's a time lapse from 2010 mangrove swamp to 2015. And you can kind of see my hat. I'm, I'm kind of, if you can get on tiptoes in the mud, um, with a bad back. I was on tiptoes in the mud holding my hat up. I can't wait. We're there again next month and I'm not going to be able to be seen. We're talking about, do we get on each other's shoulders? What do we do? You know, so it's just a real joy. But resilient. Creation is resilient and it can recover if, if just cooperated with. And here's the way we have chosen to cooperate. We've, we've chosen to cooperate by saying the poor and creation are connected. And the Bible teaches this. If you attack creation, the first to suffer are the, full, are the poor. That's why the, the Levitical law required people to not over-harvest. So literally the poor and wild animals could harvest. And there's all kinds of sabbatical rest laws that are associated with benefiting the poor of Israel. And they abused those laws. And eventually they destroyed their country, and if you, if you heard my sermon a few years ago, I'm sure you remember it vividly. Uh, I, I, I quoted the famous text from Second Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And it meant their dirt. Because by that time, they had ignored all of the of the, the laws related to sabbatical life for the land. Give the land a break. Cooperate with it. But they had ignored it, so it was turning into desert. 
and it did turn into desert. We now know the Middle East is a desert. It didn't used to be a desert. It used to be beautiful. Garden of Eden. Forested. Overrunning with wildlife. We know this from history. It's gone. But it's resilient. And if you cooperate, and this is what we've learned, if you cooperate by caring for the poor, like these women who are cutting down the trees to make $1 a week, $1 a week, or $2 a week, what if you just hire them instead and give them jobs in nurseries? Growing seedlings, planting seedlings, caring for seedlings, reforesting their country. That's what we've done. We've, we've got over 3,500, that's a lot by the way, uh, employees, and they're planting on average, and this is also a lot, 2.2 million more trees every single month. That's good. Yeah, that, that's good. And it's, it's exciting because this is what we've discovered. Creation is resilient. Number two, the poor are really kind of the solution. And we hire them. And again, what do they do? They get out on the hillsides. They plant trees. They get into the, the estuaries. They plant. They do all kinds of good stuff. And you get these wonderful results. And then the next thing that we've learned is the results multiply. Anybody know uh, that particular species of animal? It's a lemur. Lemurs are the most endangered species group on the planet. They're mammals that are only found on the island of Madagascar, and we plant millions and millions of trees there. And we're restoring animal habitat for highly endangered species in Madagascar. You know, you hear all this bad news out of National Geographic telling you that, you know, the animals are disappearing, habitat loss. Plant trees. Plant habitat. Oh, plant habitat. Yes, plant habitat. Eden has become the largest, by far, tree planting nonprofit on the planet in the last 11 years, largely because I did not know what I was not supposed to do. <laughs> you know, you don't have to have the giant buildings and the huge staff and and all the stuff that makes all this so expensive and bureaucratic and get nowhere. We've seen this, and in my opinion, this is the guiding hand of God in my true mission, even as I constantly battle my shadow mission to prove that I'm good enough. And boy, is a bad back ever a good way to learn that you have limitations. It's been quite humbling. But... Bottom line is, is we're seeing this multiplication effect, like wildlife being restored, like water tables rising and wells beginning to spring back to life because forests are the sponges of the earth. We're seeing thousands of, of families being lifted out of extreme poverty and literally thousands, not, excuse me, not thousands, hundreds who have now bought their way out of indentured servanthood. They're no longer slaves. That's a good thing. Wouldn't you agree? Because they have a job working with Eden, planting millions of trees. They buy their way out of slavery, but they also send their children to school. We now, uh, I, I'm leave, again leaving for Madagascar in, in three weeks. And one of the early trips is to Kalamburu, a little coastal village where we've now planted about 20 million trees. When we first went there, we were told Jesus and the Bible were fadi, taboo. You can't talk about Jesus. You can't do the Bible. And before you think, well, that's because they're demonic, actually back off from that. 
the colonial era, the French came in with Christianity and used it as, as an excuse to dominate the kill. So I think that's probably the more demonic <laughs> behavior. Um, and so if, you know, if Islam or Hindus came in and, and did something awful to us and dominated us, we would probably say, well, that's Fadi as well. I think that's kind of what's happening in our world today. But bottom line is, is it's taken six years. But we've gained their trust. They ask us to start a church. By the way, Eden is a non-religious nonprofit. I'm not convinced Jesus would start a 501c3 if he came to earth. <laughs> I'm just convinced he would do his mission. And we're doing our mission. Wild animals are coming back to life. They were endangered. Water tables are rising. Families are being lifted out of extreme poverty. Parents are sending their kids to school. They're escaping slavery. And the list goes on. If you take care of creation, that's your mission. It will take care of you. If you abuse it, the shadow mission, and make yourself first, you're going to suffer because it suffers. You see this? It's just really a simple point. And I know this is kind of hard because Christians tend to be, and I'm talking softer now because, frankly, I'm running out of energy. Uh, Christians tend to be conservative. And so we've, we've done some things um, that have made it tough for us to understand what's going on in the world today. And I, I'm asking if you can get past my, my, my drop in, in volume and, and energy. The church of God has been given a mission that is far bigger than creation care. John is your leader here to make sure this church achieves its mission and the mission of God is achieved in your life as well. But part of our mission, and I'm thankful that you're participating, part of our mission is to care for creation. It is becoming the crisis of our world. And we're not very much affected that we know of because we can turn on the air conditioner and it's a hot day outside but we're chilly in, inside it's easy for us to do that what do you do though when your farming begins to collapse when your fisheries begin to collapse when, when huge floods occur when all of these things take place that are all connected to the land and the destruction of the land you move to the big cities or Maybe some crazy American comes along and says, would you like a job fixing? Would you join our mission? So we've got guys like Zambada. He, can you tell when you look really closely at his hands and his feet, he's a leper? He's a leper. His toes and his fingers have fallen off. He his wife and his children left him. He was considered Fadi in his village, which means, again, taboo. The, the, the ancestors had cursed him, and his family had left him, and he was living out his last few days trying to survive as a subsistence fisherman. And then we came along, and we hired him. Guess what? 
when we found out about his disease, we said, hey, did you know that that's it's not reversible? Your fingers and your toes don't grow back. But did you know you can cure it now? And it's actually pretty affordable. And he said, wow, awesome. No, he didn't say awesome, but he said, <laughs> we said, you can afford this medicine. You start to save. Because Eden doesn't give anybody anything except for a job, the dignity of employment. And their job is to plant trees, care for creation, be on mission. Bottom line is, he saved his money. He bought the medicine. His um, disease is checked. The symptoms are gone. Fingers and toes are still gone. But he's now working full time. He saved up more money to get to re-dowry. How much did you have to pay for your wife? I don't know. How many cows and sheep? You're still paying. Yeah, okay. Good, good answer. So we're not so worried about the re-dowry scenario with you, John. It, yeah. I, you might want to go out with Claudia and I for lunch afterwards and uh, let that cool down. Bottom line is, is he's, he's re-doweried. He's got his wife and his children back. And it just, these kinds of stories, and there's so many of them. There's hundreds, there's thousands of people who, if given the opportunity to heal their environment with the dignity of employment, they do it. So here's what I'm asking you to do in, in kind of in conclusion. Here's, here's the takeaway, and, and I know that's a goofy cartoon, but would you please consider depolitizing creation care? This isn't about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Yes, they have positions on the environment, but we're Christians first. And we look to scripture first, not to a platform by a political party first. So don't do what the Donald wants you to do, or don't do what Hillary wants you to do. I'm surprised I didn't get amens on both of those. <laughs> do what God's word calls us to do. Be good stewards. So depoliticize. Again, I'm going to return to this one. It's just a real simple one. As you read God's word, would you please consider reading with greener eyes and actually seeing for the first time what God's word has to offer when it comes to creation care and how important it really is and how it's connected to your life. And there's actually a green Bible. Really. They, they have green lettering for everything that has to do with creation care and you would be amazed at how much is green. And then... I would just ask you in closing to become part of a creation care movement. I, I have a dream. I'm not Martin Luther King Jr., but I have a dream. My dream is that the average person would rise up and take control of the future of this planet. I'm going to close with this story. I, there's, there's a major oil corporation uh, that has approached Eden Projects and wants to consider giving us a half a million dollars to do a project. You say, wow, half a million dollars, that's really good. Just confidentially, it's, you can't tell anybody and this can't be on the Facebook, right? No, never mind. The bottom line is, is it's all about promoting their brand. And I just, I've been thinking, Lord, can you raise up a movement of people who they'll plant 100, 200, 1,000 trees a year it's only 10 cents a tree. And they'll give somebody a job. 
and then that'll spread to their friends. They'll realize there's a solution. This is how I can be on mission. This is how I can do uh, what God's green Bible has called me to do. This is how we can change this world into a better place. And I, I can see a couple of million people doing that, and I could see that maybe even starting to a degree here today. So in your bulletin, you've got this little nifty flyer. I'm not going to have an altar call. I'm just going to say, if, if you have felt, as we've gone through this time together, that perhaps you'd like to join this movement, you'd like to get on this mission, uh, you'd like to depoliticize the, the whole situation, then just go home at your leisure, at your conviction, jump on the website, all the information is here, and uh, join in. Talk to John, talk to whoever is in charge of the ministry and, and uh, jump in. But with that, let me bless you, and, and I'm right at 30 minutes, so I guess that's not too terribly bad. Nope, I'm all right. Let's pray. Father, the words of my mouth uh, and the meditations of my heart have been focused on these things for so long. Let them never grow old. Let them be fresh in the hearts and minds of the people who are here today. And make them pure in your sight. Transform our world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take it just one step uh, farther. Um, there's very few things you can do that you know are going to have an immediate and long-lasting impact for such a great um, value, okay? So um, uh, our church, uh, Living Spring, we've planted, I think, about 15,000 trees or something to that that number, I can't remember what it is, that we do just as a church body. So as part of our budget, we support Eden, and we support another ministry called ELI with Don Rogers. And that's great, and, I, and I'm, I'm so happy to be a part of that. But the real value of doing this is to have, like Steve was saying, as many of us as we can rise up. And, and, uh, and so not only do we do this as a church, but uh, Lisa and I also uh, participate just on our own in, in doing that. And so my, my prayer for having Steve here um, was not only, I mean, just to have a different voice and to hear him talk, but that God would put something on your heart. And maybe it's just 10 bucks a month or whatever, but maybe it's just you're thinking, well, I drive in this long commute to make up for what I've done there, I'll go ahead and pay, you know, whatever, whatever they call it, reduce my carbon footprint or buy credits or I don't know what they talk about. But, um, but maybe God would put on your heart that you just set up with just a monthly thing. Ours, it just comes out of our bank account or whatever. But God is using this ministry so mightily in so many different ways that people actually get jobs, that, that trees actually get planted. And, that, um, and so uh, my, my prayer is that. So he, here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, wrap up. Uh, Audra is going to share a poem that she was writing while Steve was talking. And uh, we'll have one last song. During this time, um, 
we do a number of things. One thing we do is we fill out our connection cards. And so if you, um, uh, we try to get one from every family. And if you have a prayer request, write that on there. We'd love to pray for you this week. We pray for everyone every week. And so those at the end of the service go in a box in the back. If this is a week where you give uh, financially, then we use this time to prepare our checks or cash. A lot of us do that online. Um, but the other thing is just to listen to God. And maybe the thing you leave here with is, you know what? I can only afford whatever it is, but I'm going to begin that process of being able to support uh, a, a nonprofit that's doing wonderful things with God's creation. Okay, so let me pray for us and then um, we can... Uh, we can wrap it up. Lord, uh, your creation is just incredible. Uh, the fact that we can plant things in the ground and they do grow. Um, and as we sung this morning, all to your glory, we see the moon, the stars, the trees, um, just the ocean and the power of the waves and all these things that this great design and um, Lord, we just pray, I pray for our hearts to, um, to join in with that, to join in with uh, the care of your creation. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.